to do a few verses in Exodus 13, and then I'm going to let the reader read. And this is, uh, I'm, I, I chose the NIV to read the reader reading today, and it's a little, he has a little drama with it, so you hang, you hang with us uh, there. But let's look at uh, the 13th chapter, beginning with the 17th verse. And we'll just read that, and then we'll go to Exodus 14. Now, when Pharaoh had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Hence, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in a martial array from the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones from here with you. Then they set out from Succoth and camped in Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the right way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them the light that he might travel by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now we'll listen to chapter 14 uh, as the reader reads. And encamp near Pi Chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Pahiroth between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hahirath, opposite baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be saved. <coughs> then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? 
Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites! The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt! Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses his servant. Okay. Chapter 15. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song. You might have heard this little story before. Uh, a little boy once returned from Sunday school and his father asked him, what did you learn today? He said, the teacher told us how Moses and the children of Israel got out of Egypt. How? His father asked. Well, the boy said, Moses got all the people together and ran toward the sea. When they got there, he had the Corps of Engineers build a huge pontoon bridge. Once they got on the other side, they blew it up while the Egyptians were trying to cross. His father said, shocked, is that what the teacher taught you? No, the boy replied, but you'd never believe what he said. <laughs> never believe what he said. Well. It's pretty, pretty straightforward what Scripture says, you know. Uh, and yet, uh, it's, uh, 
always something to bring up and as teachers uh, Art and I just do what we've been taught and what we read from but as simple a story as this is there's a certain certain amount of a uh, controversy here um, your Bible might say the Red Sea and it might have a footnote that says the Reed Sea, R-E-E-D-C. So let's talk about that just a minute and we're not going to spend a lot of time but um, in this map that Art's got on the, on the board and you can look in the map of your Bible and uh, if you've got the one I gave you whenever I gave it to you uh, it, uh, it shows a little bit, but part of the problem is is the geography and the name of the cities that Scripture gives. Now, if you look on your Bible, you can see uh, where's my you see it? Okay. There's uh, a couple of things I want to point out. Uh, see, this is the the land. This is a my laser is a is a is a measuring tool, so it might not stay there very long. This says the way of the land of the Philistines. This says the way of Sir. These were routes or highways that were there, and then we have uh, Ramses here, and uh, we come down to Succoth that scriptures talks about right here and then this red line is supposed to be the route to Lake, uh, to the Mount Sinai right there uh, so the uh, the problem is see Migdal way up here uh, you're, if you look on your map and it's on the map that I gave you there's no, no, nowhere that really says where we cross the Red Sea now this map shows it right here at the top and uh, uh, but the geography that that scripture shows it's all up in this part of the, 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 the world and there is no there is no Red Sea there now now today the Suez Canal connects this together but in biblical times of course there was no Suez Canal so the problem is these these uh, uh, cities that are mentioned up there <clears throat> so <clears throat> let's let's look at that just a minute and then we'll say something about that <clears throat> in scripture I believe it. I believe it all. And yet, it's been 4,000 years, give or take, since we have here. Uh, <laughs> a lot has changed in 4,000 years. I, I don't know. Uh, Velt and I came to South Carolina 30 years ago, and we moved to Greenville. And where we moved to Greenville, 30 years ago you wouldn't recognize it today and that's true everywhere you know just about so 4,000 years is a long time for things to change but he says here in the first verse of chapter 14 you're to camp between Migdal and the sea in front of 
this, this particular Baal Zephon. So <clears throat> that's part of the problem. And they say, some people says they went through a marshy place rather than the reeds, the sea of reeds, rather than, than uh, what we consider water. However, there's over 20 scriptures in, in our text, in our Bible, that talks about the people crossing the Red Sea. Uh, <clears throat> we'll just look at one in just a minute. But <clears throat> one of the commentaries in, uh, that I, I read from this week, and the one that I, I, I think he's right on, um, he said, God was apparently planning to lead them along a less used path to Sinai. Not those two roads that we mentioned up there, but a less, a less used path. And the geographical uh, references would have meaning to the people of Israel, but to us today, they're generally lost. We do not know which sea was intended, um, and this Pi-Hirath, whatever it is, is a typical uh, Egyptian name, refers to a place of meadows, obviously a town in a grassy region, region presumably somewhere near Goshen. Migdal means a watchtower and probably referred to some border for, uh, fortress, and it's up there right on the Mediterranean Sea, so that, that could very well be correct where that is. Several towns which are named Baal Zephon, means Baal of the North, obviously refers to a town dedicated to a Canaanite god Baal. Apparently the helplessness and hopelessness of Israel would serve to make God's final uh, victory more magnificent. The purpose of the whole affair was that God should be glorified by his mighty act and that once and for all Israel should experience the sovereignty, redemptive power of God. Every act in this divine drama of redemption had been for the purpose of serving a witness to God. The end result intended was that everyone involved should experience God. Re revealing the redemptive nature of God and the ultimate purpose. So we have here um, a little, <laughs> little confusion. I think maybe the old country preacher is right all along, as we've said many times. You know, he said the Bible sure does throw a lot of light on the commentaries. So uh, anyway... We, we know a lot of that to be true. Um, hold your finger here in Exodus and go to Nehemiah. Find your Psalms right in the middle of the text and then go to the left a little bit and you'll find Nehemiah. Uh, go to chapter 9 in Nehemiah. This is one of over 20 texts that... that, um, <clears throat> that uh, scripture has talking about the Red Sea and about the crossing of the Red Sea. And this is always when the, it, this is a high watermark for the Jewish people um, is crossing the Red Sea. So 
Uh, Nehemiah 9, if your Bible is like mine, it's on page 420. Uh, so, anyway, chapter 9, verse 9. And you saw the afflictions of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry by the Red Sea. Uh, then you performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his servants and all the people of his land. And you knew that they acted arrogantly toward them and made a name for yourself as it is this day. You divided the sea before them, so they passed through the midst of the sea on dry ground. And their pursuers you hurled into the deeps like a stone into raging waters. With a pillar of cloud you led by day and a pillar of fire by night to light them on the way that they should go. So, <clears throat> um, uh, this is from uh, GodQuestions.org. He says, uh, it becomes clear that it is indeed referring to a large body of water. The waters were divided. The Israelites went through on the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and left. The wall of water on each side, the Israelites, certainly suggests depth. Later, the sea went back into its place. Water flowed back and covered the chariots and the horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. No one of them survived. There can be no doubt about what Moses is communicating here. Red Sea or Reed Sea, it was deep enough to destroy the Egyptian army. So, uh, just to bring another perspective of what some of the scholars say about this, uh, I think the scripture is pretty plain, just like it is, that uh, <clears throat> Moses parted it, they went through it, and that's that. Uh, and I can see that maybe what we don't know is, uh, is that uh, <clears throat> these cities that are mentioned here uh, <clears throat> are uh, maybe were and maybe were not where we think they should be. <clears throat> There's, um, if you're a YouTube watcher, if you want to just put in your search parting the Red Sea, you'll be covered up with people uh, talking about it and everybody's got their own opinion, so that's good too. But anyway, we're going to stay with Scripture and go from there. Okay, back to, <clears throat> back to uh, chapter 14. <clears throat> so we, we pick up in verse 4 uh, and he says, Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart and will chase after them and I will be honored through Pharaoh. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. <clears throat> uh, hold your finger right there right quick and turn to uh, <clears throat> Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Go to Numbers chapter 33. Uh, <clears throat> Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers chapter 33. <clears throat> um, several times in Exodus, we've already seen 
one time and we're going to see it as we go on through where God specifically told Moses write it down write it down so this is one of those times Numbers 33 verse 1 these are the journeys of the sons of Israel which they came out from the land of Egypt by the armies under the leadership of Moses and Aaron Moses recording their started places according to their journeys by the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting places. They journeyed from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day. Let's just pause there just a minute. We talked about the Passover. He says on the 14th day of the first year is Passover. So the day after Passover, the 15th day, they started leaving Egypt. Verse 3 again. They journeyed from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month. On the next day after the Passover and the sons of Israel started out boldly in the sight of all the Egyptians. While the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn whom the Lord had struck down among them, the Lord had also executed judgment on their gods. And he talks about where they went. And if you follow on down to verse 15, that's as far as Exodus takes us. They will, they, verse 15, they journeyed from Rephim and camped in the wilderness of Sinai. So that's those first, uh, from verses um, 5 through 15, is what we, we will cover in, in the book of Exodus as we continue to follow them. Now back to chapter 14. <clears throat> back, to, back to chapter 14 of, ex, of Exodus. So he says, I will honor, verse 4, uh, I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am God. When the Egyptians was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart and said what have we done and you can understand I mean scripture says there were 600,000 men and we've talked about that a couple of weeks ago about it was more like two and a half million that were leaving but 600,000 men that was their labor force in Egypt and they told them to get out and now they're getting out and after they had a time of burying their own dead they came to their senses and says look we're in trouble we don't know how to work that's Bill's paraphrase <laughs> but these people these people were, were did all our work we need to go get them back and so that was set in, in motion here in verse 6 so he took verse 6 and 7 and 8 and uh, he he got his chariots ready and they went out going look in the last part of verse 8 the sons of Israel were going out boldly I don't know what your text says but that's what mine says so they were they were going out in plain view and they were going out boldly after the Egyptians chased with them on horses they overtook them by the seaside and as as normally you know uh, this is the first real grumbling we hear about the Israelites. And we're going to talk about more about grumbling next week. 
Uh, you need to be here next week about grumbling. Uh, <laughs> so he, he started out in verse 10. He says, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? And uh, he, uh, he says, we wanted you to just leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. And uh, we'll, rather than die in the wilderness. Well, that's, they've changed their tune because when they were in bondage, they wanted to get out of there. But now they were facing a new day and, and, and it was human nature took over here. Verse 13. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't fear. You stand by and see the salvation which the Lord is going to accomplish for you today. Verse 14. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. Over the last few weeks here at church, we've talked about a lot of different things. Uh, Pastor Jim uh, talked about the thief on the cross, you know, and... And uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. You know, I don't know where paradise is, but if Jesus is there, that's paradise. We don't know a lot about heaven. Uh, we 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 want to get into the details, and God hadn't shown us the details. You know, I've told you before, I'm going to write a book one day about heaven. I've got the title, God's Best Kept Secret. That's probably where it'll stop. But anyway, it's, uh, it's, we just don't know what the Lord's got planned for us or what heaven is exactly going to be but like. But the thief in the cross says, Jesus sold him. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That is very comforting to me. Because, hey, I'm with Jesus. I'm, I'm his child. It's just like when you were a toddler or, or a small child or even older, you know, uh, you ran to mom and daddy and they were going to take care of you. You knew that was a safe place. Well, the safe place is with Jesus. The devil comes back with us, and we've said it many, 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 many times. He, he, he ties us up with fear and ties us up with guilt. And yet, he says, I've overcome the world, you know. Uh, I'm your Savior if you trust me and believe in me. Uh, so, in this particular case, Moses said, don't, don't be afraid. You're fixing to see what God's going to do in this particular case. And verse 15, <laughs> I kind of like, when the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel, this is Bill's paraphrase again, put your pants on and go ahead. You know, just, just go. Just get up and go. There's a time, there's a time that we need to just go. We need to do what we need to do. Act on the light that the Lord has given you. It might be what the end result is, but you, you just move on out. And that's what he was telling them to do. Just go. Uh, <coughs> the New American says in verse, six, verse 16, As for you, Moses, you lift up your staff. And in verse 17, my text says, As for me, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, 
and you're going to see what's going to happen to his chariots and, and, and horsemen. Verse 18, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Verse 19, the angel of God who had been going before them of Israel moved out and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. Now look back on verse 22 of verse uh, of chapter 13 that we just read. Um, excuse me, 21. He was going the way of the pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they may travel by day and night. So in this case, the, <laughs> the Lord reversed the show. You know, rather than a cloud going before him and a pillar of fire at night, he says, I'm going to put the cloud behind him and, and the fire in front of him. And that, that came between them. In verse 20, it says, it came between them, the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israelites. There was a cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. So the Israelites could keep on marching and keep on going and the Israelites were in the dark and they were in, in, in the fog as, as Eddie's just said and that's, that's, that's true then verse 21 Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong wind the sons went through on dry land uh, the sons of Israel went through on dry land and Pharaoh took up his pursuit. And at the morning watch, that's between midnight and 3 o'clock, I believe, in the morning, um, the Lord looked down at the army of Egyptians through the pillar of cloud, uh, fire and cloud and brought the army of the, the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheel to swerve and he made them drive with difficulty. Have y'all ever tried to ride a bicycle on the beach? <laughs> it's, it, it gets, it gets kind of tough sometimes. So um, anyway, uh, he caused their, their chariot to swerve. Let us, and then Israel, uh, the people said here, let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. So the Egyptians knew that it was the Lord doing the fighting. It wasn't, it wasn't anything they have done, but it was the Lord that was doing the fighting. So the waters, verse 28, returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army, which had gone into the sea after them. Not one of them remained. Verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. seashore. Yes. I assume so. I, I don't know that we know, you know, but I, I don't, I didn't go there. But I, it says all, as John mentioned, I take it for what it is. Uh, they all did. Verse 31, when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord 
and his servant Moses. Now this is a pattern. This is, you know, this is the first week out of, out of bondage. They grumbled, you know, you're going to let us die here. And then all of a sudden they see the hand of the Lord and they, they say, we're with you. We understand. And that's, that's going to be the pattern for the 40 years. They're going to they're gonna grumble. God's going to answer their grumbling. And then everything's going to be all right. And then they're going to grumble. God's going to answer their grumbling. And it's everything's going to be all right. And, you know, before we get too hard on the, on the Israelites, let's uh, maybe pause and look at our own situation. Do we ever grumble? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're going to talk about this more next week because uh, grumbling, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, anyway, we'll talk about it then. But uh, we, we just need to get our attitude straight when it comes to what the Lord's able and capable of doing. And uh, he loves us. And he's going to do what's right for us. Uh, and that clock tells me I need to quit. Okay. Any questions? No questions. Okay. Well, we'll pick up what we're going to do with um, the 15, Exodus 15. It's a, it's a song that, uh, that, uh, or a poem that Moses wrote about the victory. Uh, we, we're just basically going to read it and let, let that go and then we're going to get on in into chapter 16 which uh, we'll, we'll see how the Lord provides again anything else okay yes Yeah, he used, you know, go back to our study in Daniel, you know, God, God used Nebuchadnezzar to whip the fire out of Israelites, and there hadn't been the same really since. Yes, Cheryl? I've been through a season of horror, <laughs> and, um, and God used this passage to say to me, stop crying to me about that. It's behind you. Walk forward. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah. 
the, the, a little booklet helped me. It's called the Red Sea Rules. If you want to look it up online, it's, it's all, the whole text of it is online. And it takes this chapter and it just applies it to having, to dealing with something that overwhelms, like they were overwhelmed by having, you know, being trapped. Yeah. Rescued them, but that that portion before he rescued them to say, "Stop whining at me. Stop even praying about it. I've got it." Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about this more next week, but but going through the Red Sea was the Lord's final act of deliverance, um, and Paul ha has some parallels to baptism with us. Uh, which is, is a picture of our final deliverance uh, as a saved person. Okay, let's, let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for all you are, and we thank you for being with us and loving us. And We ask you to be with us as we leave this place and go to the further services, and Lord, prepare our hearts to hear what we need to hear and act according to what the Holy Spirit is leading us. And we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen.